Welcome to the Metaversible Podcast, chronicling the journey of reaching the metaverse through blockchain, digital art, and virtual reality. Welcome back to the Metaversible Podcast, where we explore the art and the science of the metaverse, this digital world in which we live in. Again, I'm one of your hosts, Chris Cochran, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host and best friend, Ron Eddings. Glad to be back in the metaverse. And we're about to take another red pill and dive right in. Who do we have with us today, Ron? In the metaverse, we have with us two members of the Brave software team. First, I'd like to introduce Donnie Devoren. Donnie is VP, head of sales, and the host of Brave Marketer Podcast. I'd also like to introduce Luke Molks. Luke is the VP of business operations, also at Brave Software. And really, you can't use the words browser and Web3 in the same sentence without mentioning Brave. Donnie, Luke, thank you for joining us on the Metaversal Podcast. Well, it's a pleasure to be on. We're psyched to be here. Yeah, thanks for having us. Can't wait to have this discussion. Uh, You know, let's start with you, Donnie. Let's talk about your entrance into the metaverse, this digital world in which we live in. How did it start for you? What interested you about this? And what are you doing today in that realm? Oh, great question. Thank you. So, you know, I'm going to take it back a few years to 2017 when, you know, Bitcoin was flying up, you know, just around up to $20,000. And everybody and their mother was talking about crypto. And a few months prior to that, I said, how does blockchain as a technology intersect with marketing and advertising? Is this a thing? Is this going to totally revolutionize the way that you know marketers think about advertising? And so I started doing some research. And just around that time, there were some conferences popping up. And there was a guy named Jeremy Epstein. Jeremy had a keynote at a conference specifically of the intersection of blockchain and marketing and was the CEO and founder of a company called Never Stop Marketing. And I said, oh, well, if I want to learn about this intersection, there's no other place better than that to go. So I went to that conference and there was a line after to talk to him. And I stood in line And I said, you know, how does someone like me who's, you know, a VP at a DSP, which is a demand side platform, just a, you know, a regular old ad server company, you know, called Acuity Ads, it still exists, it's doing well, but how do I get involved in in blockchain and marketing? And we started, you know, chatting and emailing and he said, you know what, why don't you come on almost like an apprenticeship, like learn what, what we have to do. And I started to develop these LumaScape looking charts. And and these charts basically had, at the beginning, a couple hundred logos on it of companies that were using blockchain for marketing. And then we released another one the next year and had 400. And then another one that had 800. And it just kept growing and growing. It's been a couple of years since we've launched one because I've quite honestly been really busy with Brave. But around that time, there was one company on that chart that just kept coming up just above the rest. You know, like you would talk about these, you know, few hundred companies and Brave was that company that just kept coming up and coming up. And I got in touch with Luke and I said, hey, you want to like sponsor this chart? And he said, absolutely. This is right in our wheelhouse. And I got close with Luke and I said, hey, if anything opens up on the sales team where, 
you know, you're selling to advertisers, you know, please put me in. And he's like, yeah, we quite don't have an ad server yet, but when that time comes, I'll definitely ping you. So months pass and all of a sudden I got a little note. I was connected on Slack with him in the, in the kind of external Slack channel. And he says, we got a head of sales job open up. What do you think? I said, put me in coach. <laughs> so, so I, uh, I interviewed with Brendan Ike and, and, and everybody at brave. And, um, you know, that was back, you know, two and a half years ago and I joined as head of sales and it's been such an amazing ride because when I joined the company, there were about 5 million people using the brave browser. Um, our latest press release, we have 50 million people using the browser. Yeah. It's five. Wow. Yeah. And we're growing about looks like around five million a month, so it's 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 really great. And we were just talking how we were mentioned on Joe Rogan this morning for a good you know thirty minutes. So <laughs> it's we're definitely in the process of uh, crossing the chasm. I can't speak you know directly to how much ad sales have grown, but there are some stats in our latest blog post about the you know the thousands of advertisers that are running with us. I just can't share the number in millions of ad dollars, but it's growing really really fast. And so you know, in a nutshell, that's my story of. How I, you know, started learning about blockchain, doing some education in that area, and then joining Brave. Outstanding, and Luke, I'm sure you can provide a little more color to that. But I would also love to hear your entrance into the realm of Web three and other technologies. Yeah, I thought it was so cool. Like first time I met Donnie, I was on a panel at Ad Week in New York, and he comes up to me with this like folder, and he's like, "Check this out! I've been doing all these, you know, marketing landscape things." I was like, "This is amazing!" Like. It's been really cool to like, you know, Steve come in and, and really take off with growing the, the ad business. My own background, I came to Brave super early. I was working kind of in the underbelly of ad tech. I was at a company called OAO and we worked with a big media company. So like the NFL, uh, Comcast, uh, you know, everybody that was big and, and had a lot of ad ad. Uh, inventory running through it, we we were a part of basically. And then we also worked with Google and all the other major ad stacks as a reseller. So I was in this really weird vantage point where I could see uh, it was like mopping up the sausage factory floor. Like you could see where things were going, right? Like where, you, you know, when I started, it was pretty simple and basic. And, you know, you had a cookie here, a cookie there. By the time I left, Google had you know, and Facebook had basically eaten up most of the ad market and you were getting tracked everywhere you were going. Right. And, and, but I'd always, I also was, you know, working with the NFL and Super Bowl ads. It was super cool. And I had done startups in the past. And I always said, if I go back, it's gotta be a team. It's gotta be something I really care about. And I saw what Brave was doing. Like this was like in the first started seeing them in February of, of 2016. I started working with them in March, kind of on the side a little bit here and there and getting to know the team. And thing that really stood out was they actually had kind of, you know, a plan for not just like making things more convenient for users, but also for like trying to get monetization and privacy to work together. And lo and behold, they were using Bitcoin in a proof of concept for that, that they were putting out for comment. That's kind of how I discovered them was through Twitter and seeing our security officer at Yanzu was basically put the RFC and C out for Brave Payments, which uses Bitcoin. And so that was my first introduction. I started talking with them. I'm like, hey guys, like they, I want to be a part of this. I want in. So I started, started working with them over the summer, came on full time. I think it was, you know, 15th or 16th full-time person they had on board, but we had maybe 10,000 users when I started working with them. And I started like kind of working on the business side. I worked on the bat white paper because it brought a lot of the advertising and attention economy stuff to that and help bring the token to market. 
and then uh, oversee kind of the back community, helped to bring the ad platform to market and got Donnie on board. They ramped up a sales team. Now a lot of focus on crypto, like bringing new business cases that involve crypto and privacy to millions of people. And what we see ourselves as at Brave is kind of like this gateway because Web 2 and Web 3 are basically going to coexist as sloppy internet technology always kind of rolls out, right? Like, um, <laughs> And so like, but, but, but it's important because like, you know, you have to have kind of like a user first approach to protect people from, you know, privacy issues with Web 2, but also because there are new ones with Web 3 that are that are coming out and people are still not aware of this stuff, right? Like, and, and I think, yeah, that was my kind of intro and it was through Bitcoin and then all in on BAD and, and Ethereum. And then now we're in this multi-chain world. So we're driving full speed ahead into that. So let's go ahead and set the stage all the way, right? We spoke a little bit, a bit about Brave and the fact that Brave is offering people, users, a uh, safer and more private way to browse. And we keep mentioning this term Web3 and Brave, and you can't mention Brave without Web3 and vice versa. But where exactly is the intersection today with Brave and some of the capabilities that are out there with Web3? Is there built-in features that allow you to use these ecosystems a bit more easily? Where exactly is that? In a couple of different ways, right? And what I'm going to break down here is not just something we're just doing now. These are things that we've been introducing in market for years now and kind of learning lessons on through really down markets, right? Like we went through the whole crypto winter and, and everybody was basically heads down building on this stuff. But there's a couple of different areas where this intersects. I think starting off with the macro, it's like with Brave, we have developed a model where users that know nothing about cryptocurrency or blockchain can make one click and have passive crypto earning through the browser with private ads, with Brave ads. And we've scaled that up over 8 million Brave rewards wallets have been created with people earning BAT. We have 1.3 million content creators that are earning BAT, except BAT. This is over you know a couple of years in market. Taking lessons from that, as to like how to get passive earning in to millions of people without them eye glazing over all the complexity that goes with Web3, right? Like their other angle is looking at Brave from kind of as a playground, right, for integrating Web3 protocols. So for example, we have support for ENS in Brave, support for unstoppable domains in Brave, and we're working on additional, you know, .sol domains, uh, et cetera. Also, we have IPFS natively integrated in Brave, and we have a native crypto wallet, the Brave wallet that's, you know, every single user of Brave has this now, a self-custody wallet on their device. So kind of the, the strategy now is basically like, take those learnings that we had that helped bring 8 million people into earning BAT with their wallets into a self-custody wallet. Like, how can we get this more mainstream ready? How can we activate these 50 million wallets and then bring 50 million more on, right? So that's kind of a bit of where we're at with it and taking the benefits of these Web3 technologies and what makes them stand out, whether it's content resiliency and network resiliency with, you know, IPFS and in their past with basically backing up uh, Wikipedia in Turkey when the government shut it down, <laughs> for example. And then, uh, you know, uh, with the wallet, kind of like looking at what are ways that we can sample elements of DeFi, like auto earning from saving, you know, a stable coin or batting your wallet and making it super easy for people and making it lower risk. But also brave and bad are kind of like this home for a user first attention economy. And that metaverse fits into that space, right? Your attention's in brave. And we kind of see this juncture of like NFTs and fungible tokens all kind of living under a metaverse bubble too, right? So there's like 
all these different areas. And, and to be very candid, right, the challenge with all of this is how do you kind of scope down all of the opportunities into something that you think that most users will benefit from and that'll be a, enough of a differentiator to get a lot of people on board. So I hope that helps answer the uh, question. That's super helpful. And is the Brave Wallet multi-chain and then does it integrate with some of the marketplaces that are out there today? Yeah. So basically the MVP supports L1 ETH and then we also have support for L2s and for EVM compatible chains as well. So Binance Smart Chain, Polygon, Avalanche, you know, all the big EVM hitters, right? Including Aurora for Near as well. And then in November, we announced that we are going to be adding additional L1 support. So uh, Solana will be an L1 that we're going to be integrating as well. In addition to Solana, uh, Filecoin and uh, Bitcoin, which then will let us add Bitcoin fork chains like Dogecoin, Litecoin, et cetera. So by the end of this year, we should have all those L1s integrated. It looks like Solana and Filecoin maybe first and then and then Bitcoin to follow. But the idea here is that when you're creating a web browser, you got to make something that, you know, a grandma can use or, you know, a Web3 degen or somebody that's super into the metaverse can use, right? Like you got you to gotta be able to like deliver something for everybody and also give users options because everybody's different, right? So we're basically blockchain agnostic with our multi-chain approach. Right. But BAT is a is the unit of account for attention in the attention economy. So we're taking BAT cross-chain. So BAT can get wrapped on Solana, can get wrapped on Avalanche, can get wrapped on BSC. We have already done that. Like we're taking BAT everywhere that will accept it. And we're trying to integrate all those different changes into the wallet. You know, there's so many insertion points in the metaverse for businesses and people. Decentraland, I knew that was going to be a place for businesses to pick up land and do things like advertising, things like play to earn games and the like. Donnie, I'd love to hear from you, from your perspective, from a, an advertising, marketing and, and sales background. What is most enticing about the metaverse for you? Where do you see some of the big high leverage points for the future of business? Yeah. So what you have is you have 50 million users and 70% of them have traded some type of crypto in the past 30 days. So there's no other bigger marketplace to advertise if you have an NFT, if you have a Web3 game, if you're an exchange, if you're, if you're anything in crypto world or blockchain or Web3 world, and you have a product that you want to advertise to both users or you know business owners i mean a lot of these business owners are using the brave browser as well brave is really the the place to go to that and you know we have a few different units one is a push notification unit the other is sponsored images where you take over the entire new tab page for the day and another is brave news where it's almost like a native feed and there's a great website to go to that really showcases all of these images called brave.photos. And in brave.photos, you'll actually see um, the creative of all the advertisers that have been running. And most recently, there have been so many that have been running, you know, different NFT or games, you know, Upland or versus NFT. And, you know, there's actually an interesting story. We just did a blog post on this. If you go to brave.com and then you, you know, search for the blog, Nouns, the NFT project, they had a DAO, a decentralized autonomous organization. And what my sales team did was they went in and applied 
in the DAO and they said, would you like to run advertising on the Brave browser to advertise your latest nouns that's coming out? And the bid won. And then the, you know, the money automatically exchanged hands from the DAO. It was like something like $65 million sitting in the DAO. And a, you know, a small portion of that went to pay for the advertising. And then it ran on the Brave browser. So I think we're going to see more and more of that where DAOs are going to be voting and running on the Brave browser. And in addition to, again, NFT projects and, you know, it started off with exchanges, but it's, it's grown so much more since then. I love the fact how we just really skimmed over the fact that you can make money as a user. You're really giving the user <laughs> the control to, you know, have these things, these advertisements presented to them and get paid for it. So how exactly does that work? I would imagine that right after someone hears this, they might go and flock and download the Brave browser and try to get that set up. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take that one. Like, I like to think of Brave, you know, both from a consumer and, a, and, a, and the business side of it. And if I'm telling somebody, a friend about Brave, and I'm explaining to them, I'm like, you know, you use Chrome right now, but on Chrome, you see a lot of ads. Yep. It's kind of slow and clunky. And your privacy is not protected. And Brave does basically the opposite. It's a privacy browser. It's the privacy browser, like, you know, the, the best privacy you can get on the internet. It doesn't cost anything to use. You can download it at brave.com very, very fast and, you know, have your, your bookmarks, you know, transfer over, et cetera. But really, number one is privacy. Number two is speed. So it's like three to six times faster than Chrome and some of the other browsers. Now, why? Is it so fast? The reason it's so fast goes back to number one, which is the privacy, because we strip out all of the ad trackers, the pixels, the third-party cookies, the ads themselves, those video ads, like all that junk of advertisement that like slows the browser down. That's what we strip out. And then we say to our users, you should be part of the equation. Just like you go either American or Delta when you're flying or Albertsons or Kroger or whatever, you should get rewarded for where you browse on the internet. And by the way, if you so turn on advertising, um, then you can get rewarded in our utility token, basic attention token, and that shows up in your wallet. And it's not necessarily for clicking on an ad, it's for viewing an ad. And why not see those ads? And so from a business side, the math part of it, is that 70% of all ad dollars go back into the user's hands that have seen those ads. So we have advertisers coming on with to us and they do $100,000 buys, $70,000 gets dispersed to let's say the, you know, 10 or 15 million users that have saw those ads and over time, you know, money shows up. Now, you can take that bat and you can have auto-contribute and you can contribute it to the 1.3 million you know, YouTubers and publishers, and et cetera, that have basically opted in to receive bat. I personally like to run a little experiment. I'm not trying to be selfish with my bat, but I just like to see how much bat I can earn without auto-contributing. And as of today, there are 443 bats in my wallet. The equivalent of that is 334 US dollars. Now, the crypto market just fell over the past week or so. But if you had asked me that, like I've seen that wallet be up over $500. So that's $500 in my Brave wallet just for having ads turned on. Oh, mm, that's super right. interesting. 
ads that do not invade your privacy and use this like really cool like machine learning on your device to basically evaluate what you're browsing and serve the ads to you based on that. And none of your information leaves the device. So we, so like people are talking about like rollups and zero knowledge proof things like we've had zero knowledge technology in brave since 2016 with our confirmation model and really kind of try to lead by example. Right. Like, and, and I think that what's super cool about all of this is it's like a user gets something for their attention and, you know, basically first to market with a global private ad platform that's on the browser. And it's really kind of a neat way to introduce people to crypto because they stay with it for a while. And and I see, I, I oversee kind of the back community too. And like, you see it with people when they get their payments every month and, and especially longtime users, they're like, Oh my gosh, you start to see the, the light switch on like, and they're like, Whoa, this, this bat has just accumulated. And, I've earned a lot, just like what Donnie just said, right? Like, and so being able to show people like at a really basic level, like here's here's how you can get in on this virtuous cycle because then we can apply to other things, right? Like, you know, there's a lot of focus on metaverse, but we started interjecting like bat tipping buttons into Twitter, Reddit, GitHub, et cetera, like a couple of years ago to so people could start to kind of peer to peer this, you know, with bat. And uh, it, it People, once they learn about this stuff and discover it, they're like, whoa, this is very cool, you know? And so all these things kind of feed into like, okay, well, how do we apply that to the metaverse, right? Like, how can we, you know, take this to the next level? But it's building on this foundation of not just talking about it or having a white paper or vaporware. This is like in production with millions of people, right? Like, and so if, if people are looking for those use cases for crypto, because I see people that are fudding crypto all the time talking about this in a negative way, and it's like, there's no, there's no value. There's no UK, whatever. And it's like, no, we got millions of people, millions <laughs> of creators. Every advertiser Donnie gets on board is saying yes to cryptocurrency because their campaigns are basically powered by bat and are getting bat out to all these users that are seeing the ads. It's, it's really kind of a cool way to kind of almost Trojan horse crypto into the mainstream. And the other thing that I'm seeing is, you know, two and a half years ago when I joined Brave, you know, the mainstream advertisers, let's call them non-crypto. There were two challenges. One was you guys aren't big enough, meaning eh, five million users. You know, we're you know Pepsi, Home Depot, those. You know, I'm not naming them specifically. I'm just giving examples of right. Fortune 500 companies. It's like our marketing department doesn't have time for that. And the second thing was is like, oh, the tracking. We use all like you know Google Analytics, and we need to give you our DCM tags, our third party trackers, etc. Now, what's what's really interesting is they're saying, oh, 50 million users. And by the way, I can't reach those 50 million users because they're not seeing ads. They're not seeing my YouTube ads. They're not seeing my banner ads. 80% of them are cord cutters, so they're not seeing my TV ads. You know, the list goes on and, and you know, maybe they're anti-big tech, so they're not even on Facebook. And this isn't just anecdotal data. Like we run surveys all the time and we say like, do you watch cable TV or how often do you use Facebook? So we have all of this data. Point is, they're not seeing those other ads that those marketers are, are running. And so there's 50 million people that they want to reach. And then where the other shift is happening was two and a half years ago, it would be a showstopper in that agency. Oh, you can't take my DCM tags? Like, get out of here. And now the marketers are saying, I got to figure out a way to market in a cookie-less world. And Brave, show me the way. And then on top of that, which is like a third benefit that I didn't even see two and a half years ago, I have all these marketers coming to us and saying, 
we're launching NFTs. I just was on a big agency presentation. It's like 150 people. And it was all about how do I use NFTs on Brave because you have this, this audience. And the article that I pulled was like top 10 companies that have already using NFTs. It was McDonald's, it was Asics, it was Clinique. It was, I mean, there's so many brands that are already using NFTs. And it's like, well, what a better place for a big brand to advertise their NFT project than Brave because our audience already understands the economics of the NFT. You don't have to teach them from scratch what the hell an NFT is. What's super interesting, you both brought up sort of the FUD or the uncertainty of crypto. And obviously, we're not uh, financial advisors. We're not lawyers. We're not here to advise any, anyone. But when I look at what's going on right now, I see a lot of fear. But from my perspective, crypto is really here to stay. But there are people that are uncertain about it. And when there's uncertainty, that means there's a lack of education. Everything from awareness of what Brave does to how Brave interacts with NFTs and other cryptocurrency. From your perspective, what is your current take on the entire landscape of crypto and Web3? It's funny just hearing what we were just talking about, too, where, okay, Brave has grown a lot in those years, but also I was going through old conference material from a couple of years ago, and and there were conferences in 2017, 2018, where I was getting handed bumper stickers that said, cryptocurrency is not a crime. So you take that meme from, from a couple of years ago, and then fast forward to now, you have US banking regulatory agencies, OCCs, blessing banks to make stablecoin transactions and to validate the network on Ethereum and other blockchains, right? Like uh, from an advisory angle. And they're, they're providing guidance on this for federally chartered banks in the US. So this is quite a shift. Crypto's not going away. You've got Venmo, PayPal, you've got all these major companies, Visa, et cetera, that are adopting, they're hiring. These are things that are there. I think what's really different now compared to a couple of years ago is you have functional product now. You have functional use cases in the market now. Before you know, 2018, when there was a downturn in the market, the market completely would just get wrecked. And, and, and it would stay that way, mostly because it was not, there were not a lot of proofs of concept out there, it, a lot of white papers and things like that. Now you can actually spend your crypto in a store with a Visa card that is linked to your exchange account, right? Like these are real world use cases. And I think that, you know, the markets are going to sway. There's volatility in crypto. It never goes to sleep. It never takes a vacation or has a holiday. And people that have been around get that. I think that there's so much uncertainty in the general markets right now that people are going to continue to look at crypto as like a hedge, right? Like uh, against, you know, fiat currencies because they just keep printing money and things get so uncertain. And, and you're starting to see it cut into gold and other things that people traditionally go shelter their, uh, their funds in, right? So I think that, um, you know, crypto is not going anywhere. We're not stopping. I think, you know, the past year, we've shipped a lot of Web3 functionality into Brave. We have a lot more we're going to do. And I think, you know, getting this on for people and, and educating is a big thing, just like you mentioned, right? Like, and there's a lot of room for us as a browser uh, to, to that has an audience, both when they're interested in crypto, but also when they're doing other things too, to like educate people, like, like show them a path from maybe I get a Coinbase account. How can I use that? Get my feet wet with that. And then kind of show me a journey that goes to full on NFTs or metaverse or, or DeFi, right? Like, and, and show me the way there without really exposing me to things that are dangerous. Right. And I think that there's a real good position for brave to, help to shepherd people because people trust the brand and, and we're user first. So we're always kind of shipping at the mindset of like, 
does this benefit the user? Like, okay, we block third-party things. Are we going to tell people how to do things to track them with other ways, or are we going to keep our interest for the users? It's always about the users, right? And so continuing that stewardship all the way through with the wallet and, and, and showing people how, you know, we're not that far away from a scenario where you could basically be almost crypto banking out of your browser. Like that's what gets me excited. It gets me excited. You can get people, you know, the foundational level stuff, and then you can show them how to integrate these things into applications to the metaverse and all of that stuff. And a lot of knife fighting, a lot of FUD, a lot of uncertainty, right? Like, but if you're in this for the long game, you know, these are opportunities. They're not things to be freaked out about. There's just so much code shipping now compared to two or three years ago. And there are so many more partnerships and there's so much more on the line. And the market itself has grown so much, right? Like even with this dip right now, we're still at a $1.7, $1.8 trillion market cap. And in November of 2020, it was around 500 billion. So even in a drop, right? Like it's a different market dynamic. And you got things like DeFi, NFTs that are locking value in different ways and, and kind of softening some of these blows right and giving people things to to utilize so i super excited about this and and super excited about like the total addressable market outside of crypto is like barely even touch the stuff right like if we can keep scaling with brave we've a 2x our user growth every year for five years in a row so just looking you know this time next year 100 million people all of them with cell custodial wallets that are multi-chain supportive right like this is huge like we see ourselves as kind of like this bridge and if we can just get it right with the user experience we can also be an example to other applications because that's where all this stuff is going right like you look at everybody's talking about their chain my chain this chain blah, 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 blah. Eventually, this is just going to be rolled up into like a multi-chain SDK that developers will integrate and people use what they want. Like, and that's what it should be like, you know? And and if we can do that with Brave and then make that example, like, let's do it. Just to add to that, I think a lot about like the supply and demand and you can say, well, there's a finite amount. There's only 21 million Bitcoins. And so, you know, the Fed is, is printing money and it makes the case for the finite story. But on the, on the flip side of it is that you have, I'm looking at CoinGecko right now, we have 12,777 different coins. And if you look at the market caps and the amount of coins that are out there, it's like almost endless. Then you add up all the NFTs out there and it's like every day someone's printing like another 10,000 NFTs. And I almost think of them as like, you know, individual tokens. It does make it feel like it's endless. And so I think for the, you know, and this isn't investment advice at all, but I think it behooves the investor to come in and say, all right, out of all these NFTs and all these projects out there, and I realize this kind of feels like there's unlimited supply, what are the projects that really make sense? Who has founders with a good track history? Who has actual product that has shipped? You know, who's got actual users on it? I mean, Obviously, you know, Brave checks a lot of those boxes, but we're not the only ones. There's a lot of excellent companies out there doing excellent things. But I think that, you know, just playing the only, you know, just the supply and demand story could get you in trouble. You really have to look at the projects or the communities that the NFTs have built. You know, why have some NFTs done so well? It's the communities that they built and and they're legit versus, you know, someone in their basement just launching 10,000 NFTs. A hundred percent. Couldn't agree with you more about the the community. I'm sure there's someone listening to the show right now that's relatively new to Web3 and all the outstanding technologies that come with it. If you could pick one word, choose one word that really encapsulates your perspective, the context that you've gleaned over your 
little journey with the metaverse and looking at the future of Web3 technology, what would that one word be and why? Empowerment. I think empowerment is the word that encapsulates it the most for me. Like when you look at what a lot of this stuff has been really early, especially DeFi, et cetera, but it's starting to trickle down. When you look at a scenario where let's say I get a paycheck in US dollars and I want to put it in a savings account. And, you know, if I'm lucky, I'm getting almost 1% maybe or so, or I'm having to pay for that privilege, right? Like, or I can show the user an option. Like I think Gemini is a good one. Like they've got Gemini US dollar stable coins where you can convert those dollars into uh, USD stable coins pegged to the dollar and get 8% compounding interest on your money. Like I think showing somebody that, Hey, you push a button, get 8%, push a button, get point one. It's empowering, right? Like you're putting the keys back in people's hands to make their financial future a good one. And there's so much of that in the opposite direction with traditional finance, but this also speaks to gaming in the metaverse too. Like your games, you go sink a bunch of cost into like call of duty's library and you've got to update the whole thing when the next variation comes out, right? Like um, with blockchain gaming, you're buying NFTs that can be interoperable between games. They're your tokens and you can use them in the game games and you can have them apply different purposes to them. But but it's really about empowerment. And that's kind of like where we've really been user first and kind of restoring agency to users that have more control over, wait, my information does not leave my device without me making that decision. The same thing can be done on the financial side and then in turn can plug you into this whole metaverse and all of these different opportunities that are getting disrupted like by these different projects in this space. So I, I, I'm, I'm big on the empowerment side. I think this is kind of a big move for everybody. And if this does what we all hope it does, it can be huge for this generation of people who really kind of have the cards stacked against them. If you look at it from like, you know, traditional finance perspective. And for me, um, you know, my mind immediately goes decentralized, but I feel like that we're decentralized, like it's it's hard to picture what that means. And so the secondary word that comes to mind is 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 bankless. Just the idea to transfer any financial asset from me to Luke without an intermediary, without a bank in the middle. And that's what decentralization allows you to do. So obviously so much of what we're doing doesn't have to do with banks, but I think that that idea of bankless or I don't know what another word would be for like something that, you know, disintermediary, like something that doesn't have something in the middle is really what I think about when I think about Web3 or blockchain. I agree. Decentralization is really where it's at and empowerment. We spoke to some folks on this podcast about empowerment through blockchain, empowerment through NFTs, empowerment through cryptocurrency. And I, I think you're 100% correct. Gentlemen, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedules to hop on the mics with us today. For the folks that want to stay up to date with you and all the great things that you have going on with your lives, what are the best ways that people can do that? Luke's more of a Twitter guy. I'm more of a LinkedIn guy. So you can find <laughs> on LinkedIn, just search for Donnie Devoren uh, Brave. You can always email me and I read all my emails, D-O-N-N-Y at brave.com. And then if you're an advertiser looking to advertise, it's ad sales at brave.com. That's A-D-S-A-L-E-S at brave.com. And we also have a newsletter that you can sign up to just mention the, uh, in the, in the email and we'll sign you up for our newsletter. And the newsletter is great because we just keep you up to date on everything going on, on the business side or the advertising side of brave. 
if you're listening to this and any of this sounds interesting, go to brave.com, download the browser, give it a shout. If there's anything you like, you can hit me up. It's Luke Mulks, L-U-K-E-M-U-L-K-S at Twitter. And let us know what you like. Let us know what you don't like. Let us know what you hate. We listen to all of it. We aren't here without the users in the community. So let us know. And yeah, hit me up. DMs are open too. Yes, sir. Really appreciate it, gentlemen. And like they said, check it out for yourselves. Get to know this digital world that we're starting to live in today. And with that, we'll see everyone next time on the Metaversal Podcast. <laughs>